I want to talk to you because on, on Monday, we're going to start 21 days of prayer again. We try to do it every January and then the last two years, every August. So this year, we'll start Monday from 7 to 8. Anybody that can come and be a part, we'll meet here at the church Monday through Friday, 7 to 8. Come. We'll start with personal prayer. So you'll come in, and, and we'll have some music playing, and, and you'll just take 10, 15 minutes to get along with God. And then we have a devotion that we've created for the 21 days. So you can get it online. You can get it on the Bible app. You can pick up a hard copy that's written out. We'll go through the devotion together. Then we'll pray together, corporate prayer, and then we'll have a little bit of time of worship. We promise you, you'll be out by 8 o'clock. If you've got to leave early, we'll understand. But if you could come one day, two days, all five days, uh, the whole 20 days, however long it is, it's going to be a great, great time. And you say, well, I don't want to go to that. I don't, I, don't wanna, I don't like to pray. I don't know how to pray. I sound like I'm saying the same thing over and over. And you're going to make me pray publicly. And you're going to make me pray out loud. And I promise I won't do that. And, and then somebody, well, you're going to make me hold somebody's hand. And remember when back in my day you'd have to get in a circle and you'd hold hands and, and your hands would start sweating and you were, you know, it was just, and then you'd have to squeeze the hand of the person when it was your turn to pray. And somehow I always was the last person in the circle. So by the time it got to me, they'd already prayed everything there was to pray. And I didn't know what to do and my hands are sweaty and I was so uncomfortable. And I was like, if I ever get to be a pastor, I'm never going to make people stand in a circle and hold hands and pray. That was supposed to be funny, but it wasn't, I guess. And, and, and so I'm not, what I want to do, I, I think it's part of my job, and I do. It's our mission to connect you to Christ and move you along in your spiritual journey. And the Bible says that the, the, the house of the Lord is supposed to be a house of prayer, and we're supposed to be people of prayer. So I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to focus on your inadequacies or your inability to pray but if you're all honest, we all struggle in that area. We're kind of up and down, in and out, and, and, and we have good seasons and bad seasons. What my hope is is to just kind of fan that into flame and say, hey, let's be people of prayer. Let's be a church of prayer because nothing good happens without prayer. It, God, God, God's God, and he can do whatever he wants to do, but he responds to the prayers of his people. Here's my hope for Cloverhill is that we'll – that the first thing we do is that we, that we just pray. We're, we're people of prayer. We pray first. Here's, here's a verse I want to share with you. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Well, what does that mean? Does that mean I've got to stay on my knees? I've got to stay in my prayer closet forever that I can never come out? No, it means to be in a heart of prayer. It means to bring prayer into every day and every everything that's going on in your life. And so before you send your kids off to school or to camp or, or to the babysitter or wherever they're going this summer, hey, let's just pause and say a quick prayer. It doesn't have to be some King James Version. Long. It can just be, Lord, bless my kids. Keep them safe. We just consecrate and dedicate this day to you today. Uh, help us, Lord, in Jesus' name. Before you go to work, before you get out the car, Maybe it'd be a good idea to just say, Lord, I'm about to go to work. I've got people around me that need an influence. I want to be the light and the salt of the earth. Help me today, God. Before you respond to that email, you're, you're fired up. You're just ready to get. Why don't you just pause and, and just bring prayer into it? Lord, I want to respond in the right way. I don't, I don't want to cause anything. I don't want to cause any disagreements. I just, I just want to pray first. Before, before you get home, pray. Be, before you lose your temper, pray. Just Pray continually. Rejoice always. 
Give thanks in all situations. Sometimes prayer is the last act. And what I want us to be as a people and as a church where it's not the last thing we do, the last resort, it's the first thing we do. We, before we act, we spend time in prayer. We're going to act, but, but we're going to pray first. Often what happens is we do our things and it gets messed up, and then we pray. And I just want to reverse that and say, God, I'm going to pray first. I'm going to make my, my requests and my desires. I'm going to bring it to you first. See, prayer should be our first response, not our last resort. And so we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna just work at that, and we're going to get better at that. And these, these 21 days of prayer, we're going to come together, and we're going to practice that. And uh, I, I'm thinking you're going to learn a lot. You're going to grow a lot. It's going to be a great time. And tonight, I... I want to do what I've done before, and if you stay around here long enough, you'll hear it again. It's such an important lesson. It's called, we call it tabernacle prayer. And you, you should have got an outline when you came in, and, and some of you don't like outlines. This is the most important outline you'll ever fill out if you want to be committed to prayer. It will, it will help you. It'll give you a pattern for the time that you spend in prayer. And, and, and if it's a reminder for some, good. Because we all need reminders. If it's new to you, then good. And, and here's the deal. There is a pattern in the Old Testament. See, God set up, a, he set up a portable church. And you remember, everything in the Old Testament points to the New Testament. So everything, you can, the, 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 uh, the practices are different, but the principles can remain the same. And so God set up this, this temporary, this portable church. And, and they would take this, it was really a tent, 75 by 100 you can see it at the top of your outline. And on the inside was another tent, 45 by 75. The outer tent was seven feet tall. They would set it up. They would place all these articles, how God specifically outlined it and, and had them to do. And, 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 then, and the goal was to get to the Holy of Holies. So if you look at your outline at the top, you'll see the, the outer court. Then, then you'll see the holy place. And then in the Holy of Holies is where the Ark of the Covenant was, or was the presence of God. And so the goal is to, to get into the presence of God. That, that, and, and back then, only the priests could go there, and I'll talk about that in a minute. But now, I think our goal is to get in the presence of God, to, to, where there's fullness of joy, where there's pleasures forevermore, where there's healing and grace and goodness. We, we just want to get to the presence of God, and we get there through praise and worship and through prayer. But God gives us a pattern. We don't just rush in. They're, they're, again, you can take these principles in the Old Testament and apply them to the New Testament. And so when you would walk into this, this, this uh, temple, this portable church, there would be you would enter by a gate. And again, it just symbolizes that you don't rush into the Holy of Holies. There's a process that needs to take place. There, there's some things that you need to get right and some things that you need to acknowledge and declare and one of the first articles that you would find in the outer court was the brazen altar. And, and the brazen altar was where all the sacrifices were made. So the priests, the people would go into the, to the outer court and they would, they would bring their lambs and their bulls and their goats and they would sacrifice because without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sins. And you say, well, we don't do sacrifices anymore. You're absolutely right. But it represents the cross. It represents the blood of Jesus. It represents the first, I don't, just for lack of better terms, the first stage or the first purpose of prayer. It's to give thanksgiving. 
So we just don't come. We come into his presence with thanksgiving. We enter his courts with praise. Well, what do I thank him for? You thank him for the cross. You thank him for the blood that was shed for your sins. You thank, you thank him that he who knew no sin became sin for you so that in him you might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You thank him that, that though he didn't, he, he, he didn't want to, he decided to, and he picked up his cross and he carried up a hill and he, and he stretched out his arms and he died for you and for me that we could have eternal life in heaven and abundant life on earth. And you give thanks to Jesus Christ and you give thanks to God for giving his son and you praise him and honor him for it. There's a great verse that I like to use and it's Psalms 103. And I put it in your outline and, and you can read it, but it says, Praise the Lord. One version says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of his benefits or his acts of kindness. So there's five things that we can praise God for, at least the psalmist gives. Here's the first thing. He says, he forgives all my sins. I'm not just going to rush it. Lord, I thank you today that you are, that, that if I confess my sins, you're faithful and just to forgive me of sins and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I thank you today, God, that, 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 that I've done some things wrong, but by your grace and your goodness, I can come bold into the throne room of grace to find mercy. Lord, I thank you that because you shed your blood, there's no condemnation for me be, because I don't live by just my flesh, but I live by the Spirit. You, you forgive all my sins. You heal all my diseases. Lord, I thank you that, that, you, that you shed your stripes on the cross that I could be healed. And I... And I by your atonement, Lord, you provided healing for my body. I thank you that you, you saved my life from the grave, that you crowned me with love and compassion. And, and another version would say you redeemed my life from the pit. And if you look at the New Testament, the word pit is where the devil wants you to go. The devil, when he's tempting you and trying you, the, the word picture is he digs a trench. And what he's trying to do is to get you to fall into that pit or into that trench so that you'll miss your destiny and you won't fulfill your purpose and you won't reach your potential. And God says, I'm going to redeem you from the pit. What the devil meant for harm, I'm going to turn in for good. I'm going to buy back what the devil stole from you. I'm going to, I'm going to give it back. I'm going, to, I'm going to redeem it. We thank God for that, who crowns me with love and kindness and pity. You've been so good to me. You give me what I don't deserve. You, you, and then the last thing is, you satisfy me with good things. And I am made young like... The eagle. I, sometimes I just, and I, I've been able to memorize that verse, so often I will just start prayer with that, and I'll give God thanks. I go to the brazen altar to the, to the, where the sacrifice were made, and I give thanks to God. There's another thing that you can do is just repeat the names of God to him. Pastor, I don't know how to pray. I say the same thing over and over. What, what can I do? There's, there's eight compound names in the Hebrew for Jehovah. And I've written them down for you. And I'll just go over briefly. But here it says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Praise or bless his holy name. Well, what's his name mean? Remember in the New Testament? It says, uh, it says, our Father which art in heaven, hallow would be thy name. Well, how do you hallow the name of the Lord? You honor it by, re by rehearsing his name or, or by declaring what his name is. Here's the name. And I, don't, I know I'm not going to get these right. And you know what? God's not up in heaven going, you pronounce that wrong. It's, it's not about that. And, and, and it's, just, it's, just, it's just a pattern. Jehovah Sidkenu, it's the God who forgives. Again, we talked about that. Jehovah Rohi, we talked about that, that. Or no, the God who guides, my shepherd. 
Again, you can just take time and you can say, Lord, I thank you that the steps of the righteous are ordered by the Lord. Lord, I thank you that as I trust in you that, that you're going to order my steps and you're going to make my paths right. As I acknowledge you in all my ways. You're, you're Jehovah Rohi, God. You're my shepherd. You lead me. You're Jehovah M. Kadesh. You're changing me. You're transforming me. God, I thank you that I'm not what, I, what I'm going to be, but thank God I'm not what I used to be. That I'm a new creation and all things are becoming new. You, you can just be, Lord, I thank you that the Holy Spirit dwells in me and you're changing me from glory to glory to glory. God, you're Jehovah Shalom. You're the God of peace. God, I thank you that I not only have the peace, I not only have peace with God, but I have the peace of God. The peace that passes all understanding. You're, the, you're, you're Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. You're Jehovah Shema, the God who never leaves us. I thank you, God, that you'll never leave me nor forsake me. It, you're just declaring the names of God. You're getting yourself in a posture that God is great and God is good and God is able and God is willing. It's preparing you for the Jehovah Nisi, the God who defends. Lord, I thank you that the angels of the Lord encamp around me. I don't feel like the angels of the Lord encamp around me. We don't live by feelings. We live by faith. And the word of God says that those who fear the Lord, the angels of God are encamped around them, fighting on their behalf. And so we're going to give God thanks and, and declare who he is and, and just respond to that. We, we come to that brazen altar and we just thanksgiving. Lord, thank you for what you've done. And you can take, you, you don't, you, and, and I, you do need to pray continually, and that's the pray first thing. But I do think there are times where you need to set aside some time, where you really just go after God. And you say, I would, but I just do the same thing every day, and I don't know how to do it. Take three minutes on just giving thanks to God for what he's done. Walk through his names. And then ask him, uh, Lord, help me. The disciples said, Lord, teach me to pray. That's a prayer that God wants to answer. He'll help you. He'll, here's what I want prayer to be. I want it to be, it begins with a discipline. Lord, I'm going to do this because this is what your word says. It can, it, it, well, it really begins with a desire. Lord, I want to pray. I want to spend time with you. And then it moves into a discipline because desires will only carry you so far. Discipline can And then eventually it'll become a delight where, where you miss a time with the Lord and you're like, man, I don't, I don't want to do that. I don't want to miss anymore. I got to be in his presence. I got to spend time with him. So that's the hope. And here's a pattern, Here, here's a blueprint, here's a process that you can do to get there. The next piece of, of, of furniture, or it, it's the candlestick, or, I'm sorry, it's the laver. And, and it's a place of confession or repentance. When the priest would go to the laver, they would wash their hands, they, they, would, they would wash their body. It was signifying that they didn't want to go into the presence of God unclean. And so once we've given thanks to him, now, now we can spend a few time, a few moments in confession. Lord, I, I just, I, I, just forgive me for my attitudes and my actions and my desires that have been less than good. And, and again, the Bible says, if I confess my sins, he's faithful and just to forgive me. Here, Psalms 51 is a great prayer of confession that David prayed. Again, I've wrote these down for you where maybe you can do some further study, go deeper. But David had just sinned against Bathsheba, and, and he was hurting, man. He felt disconnected from God. He felt, I mean, it was a serious sin. Had her, had her husband killed, put him on the front lines. And so this is, I mean, this is a big deal. And David's feeling the weight of it. And the Bible says in another Psalms, he cried, and he was up all night. The burden, the weight, the guilt, the shame was just too much for him to bear. And, and we know, I mean, 
All of us have experienced it in one way or another. We know the shame and the guilt and the burden of sin. We all do because we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And David cried out and he said, have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion, blot out my transgression. Lord, it's not based on how good I am or what I do. It's based on your compassion and your mercy. He said in another Psalms, if we were dependent on our goodness, who could stand? But thank God he forgives us of our sins and, and our unrighteousness. He blots out our transgressions. He, this is what he says, wash away my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgression and my sin is always before me. I can't sleep at night. I'm burned by it. There's shame. There's guilt. There's remorse over it. I'm broken over it, God. And you, against you and only you, I've sinned and I've done evil in your sight. So your verdict is right, and you justify me when you judge. If you were to judge me and send me to hell, that would be the right thing to do. But thank God, you're a good God. And so, Lord, create in me a pure heart. And renew a steadfast spirit within me. And God, don't cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me, but restore unto me the joy of my salvation. And grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. I don't want to do it again. I don't want to go down that path again. So, Lord, just don't forgive me, but sustain me. Help me from this day forward to keep my eyes fixed on you. For, God, my sacrifice is a broken spirit. It's, I'm, it's a repentant heart. I'm sorry for what I've done. And a broken and contrite heart, oh, God, you'll not despise. You're not going to turn away. You're not going to stiff arm. Well, my sin's too great. A broken and a contrite heart, God will not despise. Well, I've went too far. A broken and a contrite spirit, God will not despise. God, when you, when you humble yourself before the Lord and you repent of your sin and there's some contrition, God is a forgiving God. He's merciful. He, his loving kindness endures forever and ever. And the only thing that keeps us from, from forgiveness is a lack of confession. So it's an our opportunity to just go before the Lord and, and, and offer yourself to God. There's a, a, another scripture. I hope I'm not bogging you down. I hope this is helping. Romans 6, 13. Here's another part of this laver. Don't offer the part of yourselves to sin as instruments of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life. And offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of of righteousness. You know what I do at the laver or this confession, repentance piece? Lord, I just offer myself to you. God, may my eyes, I make a covenant with my eyes right now that I'm not going to look lustfully at a girl. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that you'll give me eyes that see through the eyes of Jesus, that I see people as opportunities, not interruptions, that I see people with eyes of compassion and with grace. Lord, I give you my mouth today. Lord, I just offer this part, this this two-ounce muscle membrane called my tongue, I offer it to you, Lord. And, and may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Lord, don't let, don't let any, any fa- there is life and death in the power of the tongue. And may my tongue build up today, not tear down. May it not, may it not be a vessel that flows salt water, but may, may, may life-giving words flow through my mouth. Lord, I give you my mind today. Give me the mind of Christ. Lord, help me to think on things which are pure and honest and just and true and lovely and of good report. If there's any virtue, if there's any praise, let me think on these things. God, give me the mind of Christ, and, and I take every thought captive and make it obedient to Jesus Christ. And, and, and again, I'm quoting a lot of Scripture. You say, I don't know Scripture. Start with where you are. Study the Word of God, and, and it'll become a desire 
to a discipline, and you'll get to a place where, man, it'll just, it'll just begin to flow. And, and, not, and I don't want to make it sound better than it is because even now, prayer can be a struggle at times. It, even when it's a delight, I still have to go back to discipline and say, because everything wants to get in the way. And there's so much going on, and there's so much vying for my attention. And so I ha- it's not like, oh, you hear what I'm saying? Am I making any sense? Am I talking too fast? You getting it? Okay. So we just offer ourselves to God. Go. I mean, take some time. Lord, may these hands be hands that heal. May, these, the, may my feet take me into places of righteousness, not wickedness. You just take some time to confess. And then, and then the next place is the candlestick. Or it's, it's the, it represents the Holy Spirit. And here's what Paul said in Ephesians. Don't get, drink with, don't get drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. So, so you have, you've offered thanks, you've confessed your sins, and you've offered yourself to the Lord. And now you're saying, God, fill me. I, I, I just don't want to, I, I just can't give you everything. I need to be filled with, with your stuff. And I would pray the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians, where is it? Galatians 5.22. I would pray, again, you don't have to do this every day, but this is a pattern. You could take one of these characteristics and pray one day. But, Lord, I just want love to flow out of me. Love, I want, God, I want peace. I don't, I don't want to be in such turmoil. I, I want peace, God. Give me peace. Fill me. Your Holy Spirit produces peace in my life. Do that, I pray. God, I want joy. Baptize me in joy. Give me joy unspeakable and full of glory. Make it not dependent on what I'm going through or what I'm up against, but make it dependent on your goodness and your presence, Lord. God, give, give me self-control. What, whatever, take one of those nine fruit and, and pray over. Pray all nine of them over your life and, and just say, I'm going to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Pray for the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I don't have time to go into those, but, but there's nine. We call them manifestation gifts in 1 Corinthians, and I've wrote those down for you. You can go into further study. And why do I even say this? Because Paul said, desire spiritual gifts. And the best way that you can be walking in those spiritual gifts is get in tune with God and be filled with his Holy Spirit. And those gifts begin to manifest out of your heart. And there's nine of them. You can study them again on your own. You can go deeper. We got so much resources available to us now. There's, there's, we call them motivational gifts in Romans, which is serving and giving and the gift of hospitality. Lord, you designed me for a specific purpose, and, and I want to operate in that gifting. I want to use the, you, God, you've given me a gift to make money, and I want to be generous with it. And I don't want to be a hoarder. And so, Holy Spirit, bring that out of me. And, and, make, and, and so we're just being filled with the Holy, Holy Spirit at the, at, the, at the candlestick. And here's what another thing I would pray when I'm at that. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And, and you know, I'm going to say some of this Sunday. But I, I went, while I was on our extended vacation, I went to four churches. And I read three books. And I read through the book of Acts. Because I really said, God, I've been at this church 20 years, and I want the next 20 years to be better than the first 20 years. And so give me, give me, Lord, what do you want us to look like? And so I really try to dive into the book of Acts. And so in, in August, we're going to take four sermons, four, and I do series because they build on one another. We could take one week and take, talk about the church, or I could take four weeks and build principle upon principle where it really soaks in our heart, and we get it. And I'm going to cast some vision, and I... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about some things. I don't even know why I'm telling you this. I think I have a point. But where the book of Acts drifted, and I think it's going to be one of the better series that I've preached. And so I'm really looking forward to it. So bring a friend. 
come, I don't even know how I said that. Oh, because in the book of Acts, it says when you receive, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you'll receive power. The word is dunamis. It's like dynamite. There's going to be an explosiveness in your heart that I'm just so shy. I can't, I want to tell people about my faith, but I'm just, I'm just kind of, I just, I'm just kind of a secret saint and I don't feel real comfortable about it. When you're baptized with the Holy Spirit, you receive power. You receive dunamis. You receive dynamite so that you can be a witness, not obnoxious, but where you're flowing in the Holy Spirit, where you can meet a need at an appropriate time and, and declare the, the power and the praises of God. So I would, I would pause right there and say, God, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Man, I've went already too long. Here's the next thing. It's the table of showbread. And, and for lack of time, it represents the word. And so, and so I've come into the presence of God. I've given him thanks. I've confessed. I've offered myself. I've, I've asked for him to fill me with his Holy Spirit. And now is a great time. It doesn't have to be. I'm just giving you a pattern. But the Holy Spirit is your teacher. He's the one who reveals script. He, the Bible says he illuminates scripture. I've read this Bible and I don't even know what it means. What does this mean? When you get filled with the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, it's like a light. Oh, that it's like you'll read a chapter and you've read it before, but you didn't get this. Oh, and it's like a light goes off. So now you, you've, you've given thanks. You're in the right posture, you're in the right heart, you're in the right mind. Now just open up the word of God. God, speak to me. What do you want to say to me? And remember, read for depth, not distance. It's not that you get through the word. It's that the word gets through you. You're not trying to check something off on a list. And you're not reading for information. You're reading for application. You're not trying to become a smarter Christian. You're trying to become a better Christian. God, teach me what you want me to know. And if it's one truth, then you take that truth and say, okay, God, I read today, if you read today in the book of Acts, and, and this was the verse that really stuck out to you. Okay, God, I want to walk in that power. I want to be filled with that power. And I'm going to step out. I'm going to apply that. And I'm going to step out today in faith, and I'm going to share my story. I'm going to do something for somebody that, that points them to Jesus. So it's a great time to spend time in the Word. And then you go to the altar of incense, which is worship. And again, some people like to worship first. Again, I'm just giving you a pattern. I'm giving you some things to do. This is how I've done it for years, and, and it, and it kind of works for me. It might not work for you, but that's where now my heart is right, and I just turn on, a, turn on my, put in my headphones, turn on my, my, uh, the music on my phone, and I just spend a few minutes in worship, just lifting my voice to God. I mean, if you come in here sometimes... I mean, people have caught me where I've got my headphones on and I, I'm just kind of oblivious to what's going on. And I walk this place round and round. And people walk in and I'll see them and they'll walk in and they're like, what in the round world is that dude doing? And, and they jet out of here like I'm some madman, some crazy guy. And so if you ever walk in, that's what I'm doing. I'm just, I'm just worshiping and praying and asking the Lord to help me and to help you. And, and it's just a time of worship. And then the last thing is you get into the Holy of Holies. So now you've been on the outside, but now you're going to the inner courts. You're going into the, you're going into the holy place. And at the, in the holy place was, the, was the, the, uh, the Ark of the Covenant. And on top of the Ark of the Covenant was the mercy seat, which represents intercession. And that's where you begin to make your requests known to God. Pray for our government. Pray for your leaders. 
Pray for your kids. Pray for your family. Pray for your nation. Pray for, pray for yourself. Here, here, here's Philippians 4, 6. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, make your requests known to God. See, we ask and don't receive because we ask with the wrong motives. But I guarantee you, if you'll go with a heart of thanksgiving and you'll come in confession and you'll, and you'll worship and you'll declare who God is, when you get into the Holy of Holies and you get into a place of intercession, your heart will be in line with God. And the Bible says that if you'll delight in me, I'll give you the desires of your heart. And when you're delighting in God, what he does is he changes your desires and makes it his desires. And God's able to meet those and answer those and help those. And you intercede and you, you go after God. And, and then I would end where I'd start and I'd end with some worship. I'm telling you this pattern, if you'll use it, if you'll go a little deeper with it, 15, 20 minutes will not be long enough once you start doing it. it it'll be a, if there's a desire and you can create some discipline, you can carve out some time, you can find a quiet spot, you can, you can do it on your way, to, however you're going to do it. I, 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 it will turn into a delight. It'll become the joy of your life. It'll become a, the time that you don't want to miss. And so tonight, we're going to practice it. We're going we're gonna to walk through it. And, and I don't know, does it help when I pray? Or is it better? I don't even know. It's probably going to be half. Or is it better if I be quiet and just let you pray? Sometimes silence bothers me, but sometimes silence is good. So I think on this occasion, I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to refrain as best I can. <laughs> and I'm just going to let you pray. So, so I'm going to pray and we're going to walk through these things. We're going to be at the brazen altar. We're going to be at the place of thanksgiving. So you can stand, you can sit, you can kneel, you can walk. Do, and, and I don't, if, everybody, if one person stands, that doesn't mean anybody. I want you to get comfortable with the Lord, whatever is best for you. Lord, and let me pray, and then I'll, Lord, we want to be people of prayer. It's my heart as the pastor of this church to lead people in prayer. God, I know that nothing of eternal value can take place without prayer. It's in prayer where we're changed and transformed. It's, where, it's in prayer where communities are changed and transformed. God, help us today. And so we stop, before we go on intercession, we stop at the brazen altar, and we pause to give you thanks. Take a few minutes and thank him for his goodness and grace and for the cross and for who he is. Take just a few minutes.